Hey, welcome back everybody to the Elevate Cleveland podcast. I'm your host, Chris Doyle, alongside my guest here today. Mo, Mustafa Hussein. Mo, actually, so very, very close to my heart, you guys at Everything Money, because really the reason I'm doing this podcast, a lot of that got a lot of inspiration from you oh, guys. Good. Um, so a small time podcast like myself, if you guys don't know Mo, he's one of the co-hosts of the uh, Everything Money Show on YouTube, yep. 125,000 subscribers. Actually about 137, 140 now. Yeah. yeah, so huge. But again, big inspiration for why I started this was because I wanted to kind of emulate you guys and your mm -hmm. success. Right. We're growing and everything. And you know where you guys are at right now is just very inspiring. Yeah, you know? thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I remember when we when we when I came in to talk to your group here at Liberty Liberty Home Mortgage. Yeah, um, I always get that name confused when I talk to Hesh. Like, what is wrong with you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, no, you guys came up to me and you were eager to do it, and I was like, yeah, let's do it, man. Let's do it. And I, you've grown pretty well since. Trying to, yeah. I mean, we're only I think we're four four and a half months now. And we're, yeah, we're just going to keep rolling and just having great it's a guests. It's grind, on the I'll tell you that. It is, but it's fun. So, <laughs> Mo, um, obviously, everything money you have, you guys have Sharemost Capital yeah, that you run as well. Sharemost Capital is my family Capital. office that I run. Absolutely. So, just traditionally, and probably the easiest way to start is just start from the beginning. Start from the beginning. So, I kind of like to start when, so I'm an investor. I've, I've, I've been to medical school. I dropped out of medical school. I have a very unique story, I think. But it, it's actually a lot less unique than I thought because there's a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of our subscribers now, they're like, well, I'm in my second year of medical school and I have a passion <laughs> yeah. for investing. And it's like, okay, well, so I was 14 years old and I found investing. Sure. I was in the uh, Brexville High School computer lab and they gave us the stock market game. And everybody, of course, screwed off with it. But I kind of took it seriously and I was like, oh my God, I could sit here and make money without going into the office and working mm -hmm. for some idiot. Yeah. So I started like playing this game, started making money. My dad gave me 500 bucks. I turned that into a thousand pretty quickly. And he was like, okay, you're actually pretty good at this, <laughs> but I'm not giving you any more money. You can go get a job. So yeah. I went to a golf course, got a job. And then all that money I just started putting into the stock market and just kept growing and growing. And that's kind of what I did for a job throughout high school and college. Mm -hmm. Come when I'm 21 years old, dad gave me the money from my my college account or whatever it is, $125,000. And he said, do what you want to do with it. Pay your debts off, um, trade it, do whatever. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to trade it because I was 21 <laughs> and crazy. Within two years, I turned it into a million bucks. And It's incredible. It, yeah. People ask me, could I do it again? With this mentality now, no, I couldn't because I'm more conservative now. Sure. I didn't really know as much back then. So at that point... I started getting in more to sound investments and started looking and, and I, I also applied to medical school at that point, got rejected. Um, then I started my first fund, which was a trading fund. Started doing a lot more trading on charts. And if this is a shameless plug, if you want to go to everythingmoney.com, just sign up for my bid and ask nation. You can uh, jump in and learn to trade from me. It's a good plug. Yeah. But <laughs> I still use the same principles that I used back then. And it, it, it works and it's worked for a very long time. And um, but the investing side really just came naturally to me, fell in love with it. Mm -hmm. It really helped that I went to medical school and got through two years and was like, this is not for me. I'm dropping out. Mm -hmm. So that's a, that's, that was, um, a big thing for me now is to tell kids, guys, if you're not passionate about something, sure. Just move on, cut your losses. It, it's, it's even when you're in a bad investment and you're not into it anymore, you don't understand anymore, move on. There's, mm -hmm. There's better things out there that you can do than waste your life doing something that you don't want to do. Mm -hmm. And that's that luckily for me, I was able to embrace that and do it. Mm -hmm. so. And so guys, if you've ever been to the Everything Money page, you can see pretty much at Monday through Friday, you're day trading and people yeah. can view you. Yeah. So I do a, a live show every morning at 9 a.m. on YouTube. So that's just basically the news of the day. I, I also teach some trading and then we do live day trading also. And then we post multiple videos per day about value investing, trading. Um, we call them evergreen stuff where we're kind of teaching people maybe about credit cards, investing, Roth IRA accounts, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So there's just, it's literally everything money. We do mm -hmm. a lot of real estate too. Mm -hmm. And it's just a great, it's a great resource for people that don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. And that was our goal. Absolutely. And so, and that's kind of what I want to get out of today, uh, Mo, is because I'm a novice at this stuff, man. Yeah. Like I'm not, you know, mortgages, well, I'll talk to you all day about mortgages. Yep. I know exactly what I'm talking about, real estate, that, in that sphere. Mm -hmm. But uh, stocks, I have a brokerage. I do a little bit on the side, but yeah. it's nothing grandiose like you do, yeah. right? So I want to start from the beginning and just ask you a couple questions. They'll be pretty easy to start with sure. and we'll get progressively We can get into tougher. the nitty gritty. Yeah. So, I mean, just explain this to me. So we'll start stupid easy. Okay. 
what is the stock market (laughs) and how do you get how do you start investing so fortunately in the united states it's very easy to start investing i'll answer that one first you literally go to a website charlesschwab.com td ameritrade anything and open a brokerage account and you're good to go in other countries it's a little more difficult um they have to go through a lot more they don't have as good of a stock exchange as they do bureaucracies are in place we of course we have bureaucracy in this country to the next level yeah but (laughs) it's different overseas but what is the stock market it's a it's basically publicly i like to say i'm going to deviate for a second sure so when we look at a business like you work at right now it's not a public company Mm -hmm. but i would look at this business and say apple the same because mm-hmm. they're both businesses. Mm-hmm. People don't. People think that stocks are these ticker symbols with numbers flying around and there's no business behind it. There's real business behind every single company out there. So the stock market is a conglomeration of all of these companies put into one and it's on an exchange where you can go and buy pieces of these companies. So one thing we always like to say is when you're buying a ticker symbol, when you are buying Apple, you are buying a piece of the business. You literally own the same thing that uh, Steve Jobs, yeah. Tim Cook, yeah. Warren Buffett now owns. You're, mm-hmm. oh, you, you just own less of it, of course, because you know billions of dollars. Sure. But it's exactly the same thing when you buy one share of that company. I know you guys do a lot of with the eight pillars. Yeah. So my next question, how do you determine if a stock is worth investing? That's a and, good then, and then talk about the eight pillars, because I know you guys are obviously mm-hmm. huge on that type yeah. of uh, that methodology. Right. So the eight pillars. So what he's talking about through everything money, we have these eight pillars and eight, eight things that we look through for a company. And what we're looking at are, it's basically a screening process. Mm -hmm. Some people will look at a I would say this, a lot of people look at a company on TV and they go, oh, this stock is $25. That's a great deal. It's not a thousand dollars, it's not a hundred. Well, the stock price doesn't matter. The stock price matters of how many shares there are in the company. All Mm -hmm. it is is the market cap divided by the number of shares. Mm -hmm. Coming down to evaluation, you wanna look and see, do do they pay a dividend? Can they afford that dividend? How many shares do they have outstanding? Are they, adding more shares to the market, which is giving you as the investor less piece of the pie overall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do they have cash? Are they in, in crazy amounts of debt? Mm-hmm. What is going on in this company? So there's so many different things that we look at before we come even down to scratching the surface of starting to read into like annual reports or digging into opinions that other people have bullish and bearish, ca- bearish cases on a stock. Sure. But these eight pillars are just eight pieces of the pie that we look at to say, I can look at a company in 30 seconds and say, am I going to invest in this or not? Really? Yeah. The majority of the time, the answer is no. Mm-hmm. The The goal is to, the goal as Warren Buffett says, he, your, your job is to say no as mm-hmm. often as possible. Mm-hmm. And you're going to find one diamond in the rough. That's, that's going to be your investment. Yeah. I love the story you told, uh, told me the first time we met when you were like, oh, my dad just keeps investing oh. in all, was it like uh, Fox news or something? He's, he's, he's like, oh, it's green. I got to buy. And yep. you're like, no dad, stop, stop. Yeah. My dad's it. So anybody that doesn't know, I, I am a big disbeliever in Tesla. I drove a Tesla here today. Yeah. Love the car. Yeah. It's one of my favorite car companies in the world, but their stock is just wildly overvalued. It's yeah. gonna come crashing down one day, but my nope. dad is texting me on Friday and he was like, you know, we gotta buy Tesla. This, yeah. this, is, this is the time. <laughs> Go into that a little bit. Go into that a little bit. Why you do not like Tesla? Oh, well, number one, they don't produce enough cars to justify their valuation. I mean, they were a trillion dollar company. I think in the United States we sell, is it, uh, I, I, I actually wanna kind of look this up, 14 million new cars a year or something like that in a good year. Sure. Okay. Tesla sells a million of those mm-hmm. and they have a market cap that's bigger than Ford and GM. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. Um, plus they're diluting the shareholders. So they're so instead of going out and taking out debt, they're just saying, so let's say they have 10 shares that people can buy. Stock's $100, $10 per share. Mm-hmm. What they're gonna do is instead of going and taking on debt, they're just gonna say, now we're gonna go out with 20 shares. So instead of placing out debt, you yeah. or somebody is going to go Whomever. and buy those shares. Yeah. And that's money into the company. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a way for them to go and do it without raising debt. But people don't look at shares outstanding. And what they're doing is just $20, 20, 20 shares outstanding, 30 shares outstanding, 40 shares outstanding. And every time you, there's more shares outstanding added, you as the shareholder who once when there was 10 shares at $100, you own 10% of the company if you owned one share. Mm-hmm. They took it to 20. Now you don't own 10% anymore. Now you own 5%. Yeah. Then you own 2.5% and so on and so forth. So that's what they're doing to their shareholders. Mm-hmm. Um, that coupled with supply chain issues, uh, there's just so many But nobody really that, looks into it that no, they deeply. Don't. No, they don't. They just, your average... they just see ticker symbol. They see, yeah. they see that Tesla was at 
$1,100 a share in December, January, and now it's at 850 and they're like, oh, this is a dip. We, mm -hmm. sh we should go and buy this. Mm -hmm. When I look at it and say, this stock should be $150 before I even get involved. And that's why I love your guys as the eight pillars and the methodology that yeah. you guys use instead of, you know, a lot of people, especially my age, right? 20, you know, you, you look at the um, recent college grads. I'm 26. Okay. You look at recent college grads, you know, around 30 years old, around that time frame, people who are, you know, aggressively, um, oh, yeah. you know, investing and they don't, they don't, they just don't, they just scratch the surface. Yeah. They, don't, they don't go into that deep of a level. Mm -hmm. And I think especially today, I mean, you look at, you know, any index fund, it's, it's bleeding. Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? And I think oh, you know, yeah. all those meme stocks, which we'll get into, yep. are bleeding. And that was all the hype. It was the I mean? hype. And that, but that's what drives people to the market and this whole fear of missing out thing. I mean, when you see your yeah. friend buy a bunch of shares of GameStop and they become an overnight millionaire or a couple <laughs> hundred thousand dollars. It's true. And they just think, everybody thinks it's so easy. I missed out on it. And then you jump in there and then the stock comes crashing down because you have no methodology for why it happened. It, this is what Paul always says. He said, if you don't know how you're going to make money, you don't know how you're going to lose money. Mm -hmm. And that's absolutely true. Mm -hmm. So that is a big problem that we see with these meme stocks and just not even meme stocks anymore. It's just real. Like you look at the squares of the world, Roku, Tesla. I mean, all of these major companies, PayPal, it's incredible. Facebook, mm -hmm. the list goes on of great companies that were very overpriced and their market caps have just been cut 30 40 percent mm -hmm. and nobody understands why there's a reason why and you guys did a video i, I watched it a couple months ago where you're talking about meme stocks like amc yeah right and you i remember paul was like i i'm only going to do this because i keep getting a lot of comments yep. on it yep. but i i absolutely don't even want to go through the first pillar it's <laughs> true because i mean you look at it and there's there's the situation there and they have Basically no cash flow. And that's insane, but it, it's a dying, it's really, I mean, even you, I'm pretty sure you're the one that said it, or maybe it was Seth, but um, you're like, it's a dying model. Yeah, it's a dying model. Now, to that statement, dying a dying business is worth something. Mm -hmm. Even everything is worth something if somebody will pay for it. So mm -hmm. Warren Buffett used to call these cigar butt companies. So even if a business was dying, all he wanted to do is go and grab the last ash on that piece of cigar. And there is value to it. But what, that's not what people want to do. They want to go and send this stock, quote unquote, to the moon, like everybody talks to about. the moon. Baby. And this this whole it is a dying business. I mean, who's going to go and go to a video game store anymore? Yeah. I don't even know where video game stores are anymore. Yeah. Uh, it, um, like you used to see them on every corner, the mm -hmm. GameStop, the every EB mall. Games, yeah. et I mean, Best Buy, everybody had them, yeah. but now it's all just download it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, w I saw a PlayStation 5 the other day for the first time. Have Did you seen you? that thing? <laughs> no. So the PlayStation 4 was like this big. The PlayStation 5 is like this Huge. big. I was like, yeah. I thought you were supposed to go smaller with the <laughs> new technology. So yeah, but it was cool. Just doing a lot more. Yeah. But what, so, okay. So we, we, we go back to like, you know, COVID March, 2020. Yeah. Right. That was, and that was, that, that was very interesting time. Very interesting. <clears throat> and and we're, we've kind of been on this upward slope since, I mean, maybe until January of this year, mm -hmm. really, before everything started yeah, ticking down. down. Obviously, you have other factors with Russia and Ukraine yep. and so on and so forth. But, um, you know, we have been on a good trend upward. It's, yeah, it's unbelievable to me. It yeah. actually blows my mind. So, talk about that then. So, what was really driving that? I mean, was it COVID? Is it because people are able to buy stocks on Robinhood at just at such yeah. as easy as they're able to order on Grubhub? Yeah. You know? So, the retail investor definitely changed things. And that's the, that's the people out there that could just pull up a Robinhood account and just go invest. I am not, this is probably a controversial or people will call me stupid for this one, but <laughs> I don't believe that COVID was the cause. Sure. That COVID was the straw that broke the camel's back. But I still think that overvaluation was the reason that the market pulled back as much as it did. Because when the market crashed in 2020, uh, February or March and, March and April, yeah, there were about 5,000 cases out there mm -hmm. of COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we hit a bottom on March, uh, March 19th or March 17th, whatever the date was. Next thing you know, the stock market is rising up. Crazy. We, as of, as of January, February, or December, whatever it was, we were at all time highs and we had how many cases in the world? 50 mm -hmm. million cases? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was COVID. Mm -hmm. If it was COVID, the market would be even lower than it is today. I mean, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, then we had Russia, Ukraine. I don't think Russia, Ukraine is the reason for the crash. There's always going to be an excuse mm -hmm. of what what was the reason for the crash? Mm -hmm. The dot-com, what was the reason for the crash? Overvaluation, so 2008, overvaluation. So a lot of these are just artificial, you think? Or No, I don't think they're artificial. It's just stocks, companies get 
overpriced because people just keep buying and buying and buying on good sentiment. Mm -hmm. And at some point, everybody realizes that these companies cannot justify their valuations. I mean, the reason that you saw pullbacks on COVID was people were saying, okay, these companies are not going to be able to drive consumers anymore. Mm -hmm. So the, the stock price is going to come down. We're going to bring the stock price down. Well, that wasn't the case because everybody started. I mean, that that actually was the case for a very yeah. long time yeah. with lockdown. I mean, you saw companies like Costco, Walmart, Target that continued to go higher during COVID because mm -hmm. they were still driving yeah. revenue and profit. Nobody else was. So I just don't like the excuse that people say that COVID caused this, Russia, Ukraine caused this, the, the dot-com causes. It's overvaluation when it comes down to it. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do is we try to teach people how to value a company and that you shouldn't be paying for these absurd growth numbers yes. when they're not justified yet. I mean, it, it, this is another one we say all the time. If I'm an 18 year old kid and I'm playing baseball and I have the potential to be Mike Trout, pay me. What you're doing to Tesla right now is you are paying, you are saying here, 18 year old kid, I'm gonna give you 35 million a year <laughs> because you might pan out to do this. Mm -hmm. Tesla might pan out to do sell, I don't know, do a trillion dollars in revenue a year mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or whatever that whatever their wild projections are on this company yeah that's the same thing that you're saying with a high school baseball player mm -hmm. you're going to give him the potential to be one of the greatest ever and there's no proof yet that it was going to happen and that's exactly. what they're doing to a lot of these companies yeah these these um hype tech meme companies but i like what you guys tell you with the, the um the value stocks right mm -hmm. so even when um was it Meta now? Yeah. When that dropped, I think it was like, what, 40% or 45 something? 45% at the yeah. most, I think. And I was like, man, I got to see what the everything money yeah. guys are saying. We were buying and, it up. And yes, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think, I don't know what the exact number was. Paul was like, yeah, I lost a ton of money, but guess mm -hmm. what? I'm going to keep buying more. Yeah. I'm, you know? I'm Right now I'm down. I think I might have looked today at, it was minus 33 or 35% and I'm buying more right now. I mean, to me, I look at the company as they, they have 3.9 billion users. Mm -hmm. across Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp in the world, mm -hmm. which is, uh, I don't even, they have half the globe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people are like, and people are like, well, their user growth is slowing. Well, yeah, yeah no kidding, it's slowing. They have half the globe. Yeah, <laughs> You yeah. have everybody that has some kind of technology already. They're still driving revenue. They're still driving profit. They're, they're an ad business. Even if they don't get into this metaverse the way that they think they're going to, I think they're still a great business. They still print cash. And they, I still see growth potential just because they're not a company doesn't grow at 40% doesn't mean that 10% is bad. Mm -hmm. You know, it, at some point, a company that is over a trillion dollars, and I think they're, they're probably seven or 600 billion right now because of this fall. Yeah. But even a company that is that big, you're going to have a hard time growing from there. Sure. I mean, I look at Apple, I don't expect that Apple's returns over the next couple of years are not going to be great compared to what they were. Yeah. But they're almost a $3 trillion company. Yeah. Where do you expect the growth to come from? Exactly. I mean, Facebook, I mean, everyone on, and their mother is on Facebook. Everyone has Facebook. You know? Everyone has, and, and we haven't even tapped into China and Africa on Facebook. So mm. who knows what, what the potential can be? Yeah. Uh, my, my projections are low on them, but even low is still a really good projection going into the future. So why, what, what is it? What is an NFT, right? I hear all <laughs> of this stuff. I was watching one video of this. 17 year old kid who's made millions and millions of dollars on yeah. nfts and i'm like dude i don't really i don't have time to go into this that's crazy he's doing that but i don't care so it's really funny we non-fungible token that's okay. what it stands for i don't really know what it is okay to me it doesn't make sense because i could take a picture of this table and sell it to somebody and my understanding is they can change one pixel in the image and they can resell it Okay. I, I just don't get it, but I do find it funny. I do, I do this morning show every day. I don't see NFTs talked about anymore. Yeah. NFTs are just, they were all the rage for the longest time and now they're just kind of gone. Well, like, oh, I mean, I don't even know like what, what kind of sparked the interest, I guess. I, I don't, don't know. Yeah. I, I really don't know. This stuff, like maybe I'm not hip or something, <laughs> but I, we were going to start making like NFTs of our thumbnails from everything money and, and selling sell them, them because we were like, well, I guess. So Tim and I, our CEO, we started looking into yeah. how to make NFTs and then everything kind of died and we're like, damn. So, yeah. oh, well. but I don't know this whole metaverse, this, this NFT stuff, the, uh, what other digital things? Oh, the Bitcoin and all of that. It just, I don't get it. Let's go into that. So I know you guys are all, all three of you are very adverse yeah, crypto. To, to Bitcoin, yeah. Or Let's talk about Crypto in general. Crypto so, in general, crypto in general, yeah. To me, 
I mean, I'll go, I'll go from my, where I started and then I'll go into sure. regulations and stuff. So where I started is to me, dog poop is worth more than <laughs> because I can sell dog poop. Sure. It's a tangible item. If you find a buyer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but, but it's a tangible item. It's worth something. It's matter. It's mm -hmm. real. Mm -hmm. Bitcoin is not real. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's this computer algorithm. And if the computer algorithm goes away, it's gone. That piece of poop I have forever. I could sell it. I just don't understand this whole cryptocurrency thing. It, it just blows my mind. Plus now we're getting all these countries coming in and regulating it. I mean, China's banned it. We have countries like El Salvador and Mexico that are saying, yeah, we'll, we'll take it in and we'll make it our currency. I'm like, so no offense if you're from El Salvador or Mexico, but I don't really think that you're going to change the currency of the world yeah. from those two countries. Yeah. So the federal reserve is coming out and the president's coming out and saying, we're going to listen. If there was ever a rival to the U.S. dollar, a true rival from not another country, from mm -hmm. within the United States, you better believe that the United States government is going to shut that down so fast or... It's a world's reserve currency, yeah, I mean... Or they're going to do something to combat it and take control of it. And mm -hmm. that's exactly what they're doing. You already hear the, the Fed coming out and saying, talking about Fed coin. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be... All it is is going to be another version of the U.S. dollar. Yeah. And the other thing with Bitcoin or crypto, whatever you want to call it, when you buy something with, when you, you take US dollars to buy cryptocurrency, I'm going to use Bitcoin, for example, it grows and then you sell it to hold more US dollars. Mm -hmm. So how is this a replacement currency? Mm -hmm. All you're doing is trying to grow US dollars with another avenue of increasing that amount. Mm -hmm. it, to me, it doesn't make sense. There's so many, there's so many holes in it. I just so don't get it. You'll, ha you'll have to watch our, uh, our episode 16 with Yoshi Nakamura, right? He's huge Bitcoin Big, guy. Yeah. I mean, Big some, crypto. Some people love it. Yeah, I, I mean, and it, I'm not doing it justice because I can't speak for him. Maybe I'll watch the episode. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Watch the episode and let me know what you think. But he, he is such an advocate for it. I mean, even if it wasn't just, even if you don't have to be a diehard crypto fan, yeah. his big thing is if you... If you in your uh, investment portfolio, if you truly believe in diversifying, he's like at least you need to have at least five percent in crypto because mm -hmm. what if it does take off? What if it something does happen? You know, you'd be a fool not to. And I'm leaning more toward that way, even though I don't understand blockchain, I don't understand it, but I do know it has had a pretty good trend the last it's couple of years. It's had a good run. Um, mm -hmm. to, that, but that, you said something important. You said I don't understand it. And that to me is a big thing. If I don't understand something, I don't invest in it. Exactly. I am a very big believer in that. And I'm going to miss out on the, the, the but runs that's okay of for Bitcoin. You. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fine for me. I mean, I would rather be have competence in something and understand it than the other thing. I, I've, now, I don't know. I'm not knocking this guy, of course. There's people out there that are maybe Bitcoin ex, crypto experts, whatever. Every person that I've ever talked to is a crypto expert. They just say, <laughs> you don't understand the blockchain. I'm like, what is the blockchain? Yeah. Well, it's a secure way of paying or something. I'm like, well... So is Visa. Uh, what is blockchain? And somebody explained this to me. Yeah. Somebody's going to, I want to explain it to me. Yeah. But like I said, I, if I don't understand something, I don't invest in it. We'll have to have you come back in a couple months. And we'll have Yoshi let me come listen, back. Let, I'll listen to him. I'll be happy to listen to him. We'll, can, we'll, we'll get a big table it. here and we'll have you on this side and then Yoshi on this side. We'll and just I'm debate. just going to, I'm going to moderate <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> and if you guys don't punch each other, by the end. I won't punch anybody. I'll tell you a funny story about Bitcoin. So my dad's a physician back in, man, I, Bitcoin was like $2 at this point. That's how, that's how long ago this was. This yeah. was before Bitcoin was a thing. He was doing dictation. So when a, when a doctor sees you, they, and you tell them you have a hurt ankle or whatever, they write it down in their notes and they're doing their, they, or they talk it. And then somebody else, a stenographer types it. So he was sitting next to another physician and he goes, you need to buy this thing called Bitcoin. It's $2 each. So dad, dad decides to buy it. He spends $12 on it. You sure? This was, I mean, this was a long time ago. So when Bitcoin got to like 18,000 in 2019, 2018, he, I was like, dad, do you know what Bitcoin is? He's like, oh my God, I have those. Yeah. So he goes to log in. Can't remember the password. No. <laughs> of course, there's no forgot password because there's nobody behind this. Yeah. So he types in his eight word phrase that he had to unlock his password and he can't figure it out. So we have one attempt left of this eight word phrase or else we're going to lose whatever two times. I don't know what Bitcoin is at now yeah. or six times, six times whatever Bitcoin is at now. That's what I read like, it. So when great I was, job, dad. <laughs> I, was, I think this was right after I graduated uh, from Baldwin Wallace and I graduated in 2018. And there was an article that came out that we were talking about a couple of my buddies. They were like, hey, did you see that? He was like a Canadian guy. 
He had like $70 million worth of Bitcoin, but he died. Oh and my he, gosh. <laughs> and it's so sick. Like the crit, so like secure. blockchain is so secure yeah. that it's just out it's there. It's just gone. Yeah. And they're like, uh, so he didn't, it put it in his will, yeah. but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like he, no one knows the, the eight word, whatever password. Right. So it's just gone. Yeah. I heard about this guy back, back when it was about $65,000 a coin. Sure. So he had like $240 million and it was so, the yeah, same maybe, situation. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. He, had, he had one, one chance left at this password or it just disappeared. <laughs> and I don't know if he figured it out, but yeah, it's incredible. This whole thing. So obviously you're not a crypto guy, not it's NFT. Not so we'll guy, go not, back to stuff. I'm not, I'm, I'm all the boring stuff. Like the stuff that the old men like Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger like. <laughs> sure. But I will say that's just for investing. I do a lot of trading too. And if I, I trade Bitcoin all the time. I mm -hmm. trade, I don't trade NFTs because I don't think they have ticker symbols, but um, Bitcoin, I trade it all the time. All this crazy stuff. I'll trade whatever there is to trade yeah. on a chart. But from an investment standpoint, no, no not for me. Stay away yeah. from it. So we'll go back to stocks then. So um, we've heard a lot in the last year. Maybe you can give us a good definition. What is, first of all, what is shorting a stock? And then what's a short squeeze? Okay, so shorting a stock, I'm gonna put this very, very layman's terms because I can go into how you borrow from banks and this and that. Basically what shorting a stock is if, let's say that company X is at $100 a share. Now, when you would go, wanna go and buy company X, you would buy it and you would hope it goes to $105 a share. You would make $5 a share in that instance. From $100, if you're shorting it, you are betting that the company is gonna go down in price. So if company X goes from 100 to 95, you profit $5 a share. Mm -hmm. That's what shorting a company is. Now a short squeeze is interesting and this is what happened during the meme stock stuff. Exactly. So there will be people out there that are shorting companies like I just said, and they are betting on these things to go to zero. Now we go back to shares outstanding of how many shares there are outstanding. Now to get rid of your short, let's say you buy, you sell company X short, it goes to $95. You are going to buy back, the, you're going to buy to cover. So you're going to buy shares because you actually sold shares. Now you're going to buy shares. So you're basically doing the inverse. Mm -hmm. Now when you, there have to be shares out there to buy. So what everybody was doing with this meme stock stuff is they were going and buying all of the shares outstanding. And yeah. if there's no shares left to buy, your stuff, as the price goes higher and higher, your account goes lower and lower and lower and lower. Mm -hmm. And theoretic, the short of the risk of shorting is, Let's say you buy. Let's say you buy a company at hundred dollars and it goes to zero. What mm -hmm. do you lose? Hundred bucks. Exactly. If you short a company, there's, I mean, it's an infinite amount that you can lose. Sure. The, oh my there, gosh. Yeah. No, exactly. That's why risky. <laughs> that's why shorting is so risky. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why Vlad and the, all these guys from Robinhood they put they halted everything because these guys that were so were short on all of these companies like GameStop and AMC and whatnot, there were no shares left for them to buy. So they halted everything and said, guys, you can only sell your shares. You can't buy more shares of GameStop. You can't buy more shares of AMC. You mm -hmm. can only sell them. Mm -hmm. So when they sell them and they take their profits, there's shares outstanding available. And those big hedge funds guys can go and buy and to cover their short. Yeah. And they can, scary they stuff. Can, oh, it's crazy. But so, that's what a short squeeze is. But we hear so many like people that are not well versed they yeah. don't know the eight pillars they don't they, know anything. Just, exactly but they get it's the, it's the hype right it's a casino. they look at it, this as a casino exactly and they're trying to make that quick buck yeah but what's terrible is you have so many people that just like you said it's kind of that fomo like oh i yeah. made just hey i just made a hundred thousand dollars in two days this is easy exactly yeah. everyone and their mother can do it yep. but then you get to you know we're at almost end of q1 yeah. 2022 and yep. now people are really hurting yep you know what i mean yeah so for your average Average, so like obviously, I don't think you would ever advocate for a novice to do this, right? No, I think in, don't just jump into it. Um, the something interesting about the stock market is, imagine if this is what Paul said one time. He melted my brain. Sure. He said, imagine if everybody in the world was really good at your job. Mm -hmm. Let's say you're a mechanic out there. Every single person in the world is an expert at your job. That's what the, that's what the this is what people think when they come to the stock market. They think that oh anybody can do this. I'm an yeah. expert at yeah, this. Yeah. And it's like, well, no, that's not possible. So mm -hmm. if you're a novice, guys, there's great resources out there. I mean, come to Everything Money. That's that's one resource. There's so many books out there. Mm -hmm. um, the Intelligent Investor, um, the Psychology of Money is a great book. 
that's not necessarily investing, but good stocks cheap by. We do uh, have that one up there. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, Psychology yeah. of Money. Yes. Good stocks cheap by Kenneth Jeffrey Marshall. That's a really good book to start with. There's just tons. There's so many books out there that you can read just to get started in investing mm -hmm. before going in throwing all this money in the market because your friends are doing it and thinking that you're going to get rich because yeah. you're not. There was a time. That's why 2020 and 2021 were so dangerous. Mm -hmm. It was so easy for everybody. To so make money. easy. If yeah, you didn't make money, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. It, that's not reality. Mm -hmm. It's just not. Correct me if I'm wrong, but really nothing's really changed in terms of your methodology then, even no. though, yeah, things are, you know, things are in the red now, obviously that doesn't mean that's not phasing you, right? No, 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 no. I mean, to me, I look at, I, right now I'm sitting on probably 70% cash. Sure. And cause I was, I was just taking tons of profits on the way up and I'm happy to start deploying capital today. I mean, I was looking at multiple companies today. I, I bought something today. I was standing in Chipotle and I was like, yeah, this is a great idea. So, which has gone downhill by the way, Chipotle. <laughs> but um, yeah, I bought a company today. I just added to my position because I see it as a, a great play right now. I think stocks are, stocks are gonna get hit more and it's gonna be very bad for a lot of people out there. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately that's what has to happen in these cycles. I mean, you look back to the dot-com in 2000, a lot of people got hurt. 2008, a lot of people got hurt. This is just what happens. If you go back in history, this is really what happens in history. People have 100%. to get hurt for things to work out and people like me that do value to make money. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but it's true. So we, uh, in the last Wednesday, the FOMC met and yeah. the Federal Reserve increased their uh, base rate, the Fed yep. funds rate by 25 basis yeah. points, right? What have you been seeing since that and how is it affecting you as a stock, as a day trader? So it was very interesting. I, I, it was funny because on my morning show that day, everyone was putting in the comments, like, are you expecting the market to crash when Powell says th that they're going to increase rates by 25 base points? I said, guys, I don't, I don't think you should be so sure that the market's going to crash when he says it, because mm -hmm. I looked at it saying, well, they're not going to raise it by 50 basis points. Mm -hmm. And that to me, it's probably a good thing for the stock market mm -hmm. because they don't want high rates. They want these big tech companies to just keep borrowing at extremely low rates. And that's what they did. And that's what's happened. You've seen the last five or six days, we've had inc an incredible rally over the past couple of days. Mm -hmm. In the long way, I mean, we were talking about this before the show, the Fed has put themselves in between a rock and a hard place. Mm -hmm. You print and give away $13 trillion during a, a pandemic with no exit plan. I mean, you here, this is a great, I thought of this the other day, you sell mortgages. The majority, well, I don't know, maybe maybe not the majority of people. <laughs> people that are smart put in place a plan over 15 or 30 years, I'm gonna say 15 or 30 year mortgage, to pay off that debt that they're taking out. Say they take of out 500,000, sure. they have a plan going forward. Yeah. You're gonna say we printed $13 trillion and had no plan of what to do to come out of this? Yeah. We didn't think that inflation was gonna to happen to yeah. these levels? We don't think, I mean, what is going on I right just keep now? printing it, it'll be fine. That's exactly right. I, yeah. And I'm like, I just don't understand how this works. So they're gonna to have to increase rates soon. Mm -hmm. but they have to be very careful because as rates go up, people are going to get very scared. And if they raise them too fast, they're going to cause some sort of deflation, which is going to be a bigger disaster. This is just a very big disaster. And one wrong or quick policy move can bring the, down this house of cards. Absolutely. It's and not we've, a we've good situation. we kind of set ourselves up for that failure. Yeah. You know? But it's unfortunate because with, I mean, we almost have 8% inflation in this country. Yeah. That's not even including food or energy. And yeah. They're raising the quarter point. Yeah. I mean, and how are big investors doing? supposed to make, I mean, at least for mortgages, how are, how are they supposed to make a good spread if inflation is yeah. that high right. and you have mortgage rates at, let's say four and a half, five percent 5%. Well, you're net negative now. Yeah. You know, this is a bad, this is a bad spot. It's going to end badly. Mm -hmm. That's what I think is going to happen. It's going to end badly. I can't say when, but it will. What are your thoughts moving forward then as you know, we're progressing? Obviously, there's a lot of there's a lot of noise in the world. Oh, right there's now. so much noise. But I don't think the noise should distract people. Um, I always tell people if you I'm assuming that the average listener is a person that just gets money from work and puts it into the retirement account and maybe invested in the stock market and, and an ETF and lets it go. Mm -hmm. I'm a big believer that every single month you should take money, put it away, put it into the stock market and invest it every single month consistently, no matter where the market is. Sometimes you're going to, the market's going to be where it was in to, uh, the end of 2021 and you're overbuying and it sucks. Mm -hmm. Some, because everyone's saying, oh my God, the market has to fall. The market has to fall. Well, just buy it there every month. Just buy it. Mm -hmm. When we get into a recession and the market is really low, you're going to be buying really cheap stocks. Yes. 
keep yeah. doing it. And eventually you're going to have the market goes like this over time. Eventually you're going to hit that line right in the middle. That's mm -hmm. the average mm -hmm. and you're going to be fine. So to me, if you're the average investor, just keep month in month out investing in low cost ETFs. I, I'm not a big believer in financial planners. I mm -hmm. think anybody can do this. The, yeah. People, people overcomplicate this Buy low cost ETFs like SP, SPY, Vanguard, anything you want, and you'll be fine. Yeah. No, but you don't need a financial advisor for this. Yeah. Or mutual 100%. funds or anything. Mutual funds don't beat markets 80% of the time. So just open up your own fidelity and then That's just, it. yeah. Just put it, I, what, what I do for, for my brother and myself is I just take all of our, anything that we get as far as income and we just put it into the SPY and let it roll for a lifetime. I'll be very happy in the end. Yeah. But like you said, and I, and the last time we were uh, met a couple months ago, you were talking about like, listen, there are peaks and troughs, uh, you know, yep. with the stock market, but just keep investing. You don't do anything different. Yeah. And it's a good, you were like, it's a good parallel for life, right? Yeah. In life, you're going to have big, you know, big peaks and low troughs and everything. Yep. And then at the end of the day, you have to keep doing what you're doing. Exactly. And eventually when you look at the, you know, an elongated uh, vision of this, it's, Go, always going up. Exactly. So, yeah. You know. The hardest part about investing is emotion. Mm -hmm. People can't stomach it. I mean, when you, if you buy an Alibaba or a Facebook and it drops 40% on you, that sucks. I mean, not a lot of people can stomach that. Yeah. But if you, if you understand why you bought it 40% higher, then you will be okay with it. Like I look at, I'm, I'm down 35% on Facebook. I don't know what Facebook is at today, mm -hmm. but let's say I bought it at 260. There was a reason I bought it at 260. And even though it's 200, nothing changed. It's just that the public perception of the stock price should be lower. Okay, that's mm -hmm. cool with me. I mean, you can make it cheaper, I'll go buy more. Sure. Nothing's changed fundamentally in the company. A big thing that people need to do that invest in individual stocks, they need to separate company from stock price. They're not the same thing. Uh, the stock market is a voting machine in the short term mm -hmm. and a weighing machine in the long run. Mm -hmm. And it always weighs itself where it should be. But people like these retail investors, they f send this stock price all over the place and that's when people get scared. You don't worry about your house every single day of what your house is worth, do you? No. Because yeah. you don't have a ticker symbol sitting on top of your house yeah. saying that, oh, your house went up $10,000 today. Oh, yeah. it went down 5,000 today. That's what the stock market is. Mm -hmm. It, it, that's what the emotion is very difficult. Yeah. When people start thinking about it that way and say, I don't have a ticker symbol on top of my house. I don't have a ticker symbol on top of my business, a public or private business. That's a great thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and speaking of real, do you do I, from last time we spoke? I know you didn't, but do you do you do any real estate yet or not? I yet? don't personally do any real estate. I, I invest with a company to do any real estate. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. yeah I invest in Paul's company, Crossroads group. They don't take any investors. So, um, but we own uh, two homes in Mexico, one in Turks and Caicos. Um, I'm part of a apartment building fund where we own multiple apartment buildings. So mm -hmm. any real estate that I do, I just do through them. I don't have a passion for it. I don't want to sure. reinvent the wheel. Yeah, yeah. I have guys that are Stick close to, to me. That, exactly. Are you familiar with Ray Dalio? Oh, of course. Okay. Do you, are you talking about the video? Did you watch the video that he put, just put out? That he just put out? Yeah. The, uh, new, the new changing, the changing world order. Oh yeah, I have seen okay. it. Well, I read it. I'm reading this book right oh, now. Oh, so am I. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha. So well, I. so he's a big advocate, obviously. In the last, you know, he was looking at the last 500 years of the different empires yep. that have had the world's reserve currency. So yep. they were looking at the Dutch, the United States, the British Empire, yep. so on and so forth. And he's looking at different trends of when will China, the new rising power, come up and eventually mm -hmm. take over the United States. Yeah. And he's a big advocate for China. Obviously, I think he's a little biased because a lot of his money is investments have been with China. Yeah, and he's been investing in China since the Forever. late seventies, early eighties. Yeah, yeah. He lived there for a short time. Yeah, I think his son actually studied in in, in China in yep. Beijing. Yep. Are you an advocate for any? Because he was talking about any, um, you know, Chinese bonds or anything like that. Do you think that could be a a, a trend? It probably is. I I'm not a big foreign stock investor. Um, Why is that? I, don't Again, know, it's, don't it's know competency. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. even like I'm, I do hold Alibaba right now. That's one Chinese stock that I own. And again, the reason that I bought Alibaba is because Charlie Munger bought Alibaba. Sure. And it's not because I, I'm not, I don't know what Charlie thinks Alibaba's worth. He could think it's worth $200 or $2,000. I have no idea. But the fact that he trusted those numbers, because China does have a history of not having the best accounting 
uh, practices. Yeah. So a lot of, not just that, but maybe a lot of different things. Exactly. So that is my hesitation to invest in China. I mean, we saw it with luck and coffee in 2018, 2019, whatever it was, that was, that was a scam. Um, and now we're seeing it with 10 cent music. There's a lot of money laundering going on in there or not 10 cent music, 10 cent holdings. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the reason for it. Now, when Ray Dalio talked about that China is going to become the superpower, I do think that's going to happen. Um, or probably at the end of our cycle, again, it's like a company. When you get to a certain point, a $3 trillion company, it's really hard for you to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. They're an emerging market still. China's still an emerging market. They have a billion people. They have a lot of tech. They, they, they're probably going to become the reserve currency in the next 20 or 30 years. Yeah, I don't doubt it. Yeah. With that is going to come more stability and credibility of their accounting practices. Mm-hmm. So I will probably become an investor in China sometime in the next 20, 30 years on a consistent basis. But that's really the reason that I don't right now. That's, gotcha. that's really the reason why I don't invest in a lot of countries. Yeah. Uh, other countries. Because you just you don't know their policies. I just don't know their policies. I don't understand how it works. I, I really have no say in it. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's very difficult for me to invest in other countries. Mm-hmm. The China, the the Alibaba one, there was a reason for it, and that was Munger. Do you do any other bonds or just? Um, no? I'm I've been looking a lot at the municipal bonds, and because I just want to get that tax free income. Okay. Um, I, I do like the the U.S. Treasuries. Any cash that I have, I put in 90-day Treasuries. It's great now because they're finally paying something. They're mm-hmm. paying about 0.43% now. Yeah, okay. I mean, I think the 10 years, 2.48 or something like that. But before, the 90-day Treasury was p- paying like 0.01%. Yeah, exactly. I'm almost giving the government money right now. <laughs> so that is a good thing. Uh, but that's really the only kind of bond that I do. Bonds are very difficult to understand. Yeah. Anybody that says they understand bonds, I really want to get like question them to see if they're that intelligent because the bond guys are the most smart and detail oriented guys in any room mm-hmm. they walk into. I've never, and by no means have I read all of the intelligent investor. Mm-hmm. They talk but, about it a little bit, but they talk about it a little bit. And I think what, from what I remember, they were saying, you, when it comes to diversification, you do want to have a little bit of bonds. Yeah. That's bonds a, that's your- what, uh, that's what, that's what Ben Graham always said is diversify in that way. Um, the, if anybody really wants to learn bonds, you can read Security Analysis. It's also by Ben Graham, who wrote Intelligent Investor, but it's super detailed. It took me six weeks to read the chapter. I had a conversation. <laughs> I have a, I have an investing coach, mentor, yeah. uh, and he he like we talked about it after three weeks. He's like, okay, go back and do this research. It was the hardest chapter I've read. It's just it's just so detailed, and yeah. I just don't understand bonds. Yeah. So I try to do it at a very surface level. So let's get some of your advice then. So, cause we've talked stocks, bonds, crypto, we talked a lot of it different of these different asset classes, right? So for the average, average American, we'll just say, you know, yep. they're making an individual, we'll say for a household, you know, they're making a hundred thousand to 125,000, okay. you know, maybe they have a couple credit cards, car loans, maybe a mortgage. Now, yep. what are you telling this person? Are you saying, Hey, let's, you know, put pay down debt? Are you saying invest? Are you saying do both? Like, what are you telling this individual? So it depends on your debt. Um, this is, this is controversial between your boss and, uh, and me. Well, hash is, yes, I I know where you're going with this. So I am a a credit card debt. No, no, no. I, I'm not, you got to pay off your credit card debt, pay off your student loans. If you get, I mean, unfortunately I have a friend whose dad just passed away and he's getting a chunk of money. And he was like, Mo, what do I do? I was like, dude, take that. He's like, do I start investing now or what? And I said, pay off that student loan debt. He's a pharmacist. He's going to do very well. Like, just get rid of that debt. You don't mm-hmm. need that anymore. You got some great forgiveness from the government during the COVID time and just just pay it off. Move on. Mm-hmm. So he's going to do that. I think he's going to be a much better spot. Um, credit cards, again, don't get the don't don't rack up debt on those if you don't have to. Mortgages. I think that you should hold a mortgage if I, you're an investor. Yeah, sure. If you're, I mean, just think about it this way. If you're an investor putting away money into the stock market every single month, in and out ETFs, like I, like I talked about, you're going to be making more than, well, right. I should, I should put a caveat in there. If the interest rates are where they are right now, let's say people are, what are they getting right now for a 30 year? 20% down 30 year. Again, 4%? No, no commitment or yeah, anything like that. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, around the fours. Okay. So around the fours. So you're going to beat that. The average return of the stock market over a 7,500 year period is 9.9%. Mm-hmm. So you're going to beat that. Mm-hmm. I look at it saying, why would you not? 
invest in the stock market and why would you try to pay down your debt yes it just doesn't make sense interest rates tax deductible exactly yeah. exactly so but hesh is like because i just bought a new home he was like why aren't you paying for this in cash i'm like because i don't want to do that yeah because he's like you should just pay off your home in cash you could sleep better at night and i was like i don't think i'll sleep better and i'll <laughs> sleep worse because i yeah. put that all my cash but my advice would be if you get rid of your student loans get rid of your credit cards Car is fine. Make sure it's an affordable car. Don't go crazy. I, I've seen people driving around in these fancy cars. Oh, Guys, yeah. don't yeah. do that. Yeah. I mean, at some point in your life, you'll be able to comfortably afford those cars. Mm -hmm. And then at home, don't overbuy what you can't afford. Don't go try to live this baller lifestyle. And to me, I think a 30-year mortgage rate at these interest rates is a good number. Now, mm -hmm. if we start going higher and higher and creeping towards like six and stuff, maybe it's a different conversation. Yeah. We're just in a weird, I mean, in, in our, in the real estate industry, we're just in this very weird period where typically interest rates rise, purchase prices come down. Yeah. It's not happening, but they're just going higher. It's just, it's not as the appreciation isn't as high as it was the last two years. Kind of just like, you know, this yeah. is the stock yep. market, but, um, real estate are, got crazy there for a while. So I always say this, I mean, my, I bought my duplex in March of, or in February of 2020. Yeah. And Ooh, wow. right, I, I, yeah, exactly. 2020. So now, I mean, that thing will appraise for probably 215. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. and it's in a you know, very good neighborhood yeah. and everything like that. So nonetheless, we're in a we're we're in this weird awkward period where we just have so much demand, yeah. and it's not curving anything with the real with our interest rates. Right. So purchase prices are going up. Right. Interest rates are going up. Right. So you're going to be stuck, unfortunately, in the next probably. I don't even know how long I can't yeah. even say where you're not going to get the house for the, what you want to pay it's true. and you're going to get a higher interest yeah, rate. It's, it's true. It, it, everything cycles. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be a good cycle. So we talked about the house. Obviously we won't pay that off. So make your minimum payments and everything. Yep. And yeah, make your, I, I'm not a big proponent unless you're in a very unique situation. I'm, pro, I'm not a big, uh, uh, interest only. Sure. Person. No, no, yeah. So yeah. simultaneously though, as you're paying off these credit cards, mm -hmm. keep the keep the car. Yep. Spend spend uh, less than you earn. Yep. Um where are you investing then? If I if, yeah. again, if I'm not a guy who wants to do all these crazy things, like right. what's easy? Yep. Save as, save save as much as you can, put it in the S SPY, which is the index fund of the five hundred companies in the S P five hundred. Put it in the Vanguard. The um, VOO is the ticker symbol. They're just low cost ETFs that are gonna grow with the market over, like I said, you're gonna have some bad times, you're gonna have some good times, but by the time you retire and call it 30, 40 years, people our age, you're gonna be very happy with, with your investment. Mm -hmm. Do not try to get emotional in time markets. It doesn't work. Mm -hmm. there's, there's only, time, time in market versus timing market is a very, very true statement. Yeah. It's, it's very simple, but it's very true. So I gotcha. Understood. That's, that's what the average person should do. Mo, just talk about this. I want you know we talked a lot about money, everything money. Yeah, <laughs> talking a lot of stocks. Yeah. Uh, great, great financial advice. Talk about your talk about just your, like your mindset. Like how do you, like your leadership? Mm. Obviously, you you have to be a very you're a very calm person. Whatever. But yeah, like, I bring you, calm to the everything money team. <laughs> but you're but you work in such a high stress environment. Yeah. How do you maintain that? Like, what is your mindset around? You that? know what. It's funny, I like I said, emotion. the emotional game is the hardest part about investing. And for whatever reason, when it comes to investing in money, I'm just not an emotional person. I'm probably, I'm really not an emotional person a lot of times. In general, yeah. Uh, yeah, pe do people do get annoyed with my girlfriend? She's like, can you just like show something? I'm like, I, I got it. Just show me a tear. Yeah. Come on, though. I'm like, I have no emotion <laughs> right now. So I guess I've been cursed, blessed, whatever you want to call it with that. There are ways to train yourself to have less emotion. I mean, if you do this and you do, learning the stock market is like anything else. It's just repetition. Mm -hmm. Just do the same thing over and over of the right process and you're going to do very well. Mm -hmm. Eventually you'll learn that when you invest in a company that goes down in price, you bought it for a reason at a price that you believed in and that stock price moving down on you is not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. That's once you wrap your mind around that, it'll be okay. There's so many people that we that are subscribers to ours or to our community, and they're like, "Mo, you got to talk me off a ledge here." And I'll basically say that to them, and they'll be like, "You're right. You're right. I, I it's okay." <laughs> it's also really good to have people around you that are that can help you, mm -hmm. that have the same mindset. That's the great thing about our community that we've built. Um, I never really had anybody 
And then I had Paul and it was just me and him and before everything money happened. But it was really nice to just have somebody to with the same mindset that you can bounce ideas off of. So surrounding yourself with like minded people, good people, it can really help control your emotions mm-hmm. really well. And you say like, show me your five closest friends. Show me, I'll show you it. your future. That's it. I, I first person I ever heard that from was A-Rod. I know A-Rod didn't say it, but he said that. And he, that's the first time I heard it. And it is so true. Mm-hmm. So true. There's people, actually, it's funny. February 29th of uh, 2020, that, that was the last time I spoke to my group of friends from high school because I realized they were just toxic people. Toxic. And yeah. I was like, I just want to get them out of my life. So one kid got married. That was that it was a Saturday and I never spoke to them after that night again because I was just real. I mean, it, it sounds harsh, but you have to do that. Mm-hmm. There's things that you have to do if people are toxic to you and bringing you down and don't feel bad about it. It's, mm-hmm. it's better off in the long run. Remember that we talked about in the beginning of this. You got to rip the bandaid off at some point. Absolutely. I still in. I think that's another parallel for life too with stocks is just the FOMO people want people man I see on social media you know you're downtown Cleveland it's Saturday I want to be out there but all right dude I know you're spending 600 bucks on drinks and exactly and and so so on and so forth FOMO is hard to control it's but again you you just if you that's really you're so disciplined yeah it's crazy eventually getting anybody can get to the the point of this kind of discipline it's just you got to train yourself to get there understand that I'm not investing in this for a reason. I mean, when I saw GameStop flying off, like going crazy, I was like, oh, that's pretty sweet. That went up like 1,000% a day. <laughs> I mean, yeah, would I want to make 1,000% a day? Sure, yeah. but I didn't understand it. It was out of my core competency, and I don't have FOMO about it. So people can get there. I, I feel like people that don't understand and are the novices, they're the ones that have the real FOMO. The more understanding people, I like my friend Gary, He's a he's a really good value investor, and he's like, I would never touch this stuff. He's a, he was like, you're crazy for investing in China. I don't understand China. I'm like, well, yeah, that's fine. And you're only in Alibaba. Yeah. yeah. I'm only, but, but the, but the point is he's like, I, he doesn't understand that he's sure. not comfortable with it. He doesn't have FOMO about it. Yeah. He's like, I'm sure that Alibaba is going to do very well and go to the levels that you think it'll go to, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to worry about that. I'll mm-hmm. find something else. Very good. Yeah, so. Well, so then last piece is here is I just want to hear just Overall, just life advice for anybody who's out there just kind of struggling right now or is just in a place like, you know, and I like to think of you when you were um, in medical school, yeah. obviously, I can imagine the emotions that were running through your head mm-hmm. and everything. And, you know, what's your advice to those who are just trying to make their life the, um, successful yeah. as they can? It's it, it just s- s- trust your gut. Your gut is right 99% of the time. Surround yourself with really good people. Start investing at a very young age. You know, I go to high schools now and I talk to kids that are 15, 16 years old. And I'm like, hey, you guys thought about retirement yet? And they look at you like you're (laughs) You're crazy. crazy, But the sooner you start, the better off you're going to be. So it's never too young to start. I talk to people that are 50 and they're like, I got to do something about retirement. Okay, we can can do this. It's going to be hard because you don't have time on your side, but we can do this. So, man, the biggest thing is just surrounding yourself with people. That, that is such a true statement. And it's it sounds so cliche. I don't mm-hmm. like cliches, but it's it true. It, there, yeah. There's the so many cliches that are actually true. So, yeah. and remember, I graduated high school with a 2.2 GPA. Yeah. 375th out of 400 in my class. Yeah. It's not about, it's not about, everything doesn't end in high school for the yeah. high school kids. What does a 2.2 mean now? You know what I mean? Yeah. It, doesn't well, mean. it doesn't mean anything. I'm yeah. very proud of my 2.2 yeah. now. So <laughs> For our listeners who don't know Everything Money, where can they find you? So youtube.com slash everythingmoney, everythingmoney.com. You can find me on Instagram at tradermo underscore EM. No, you can email me, mo at everythingmoney.com, mh at charmoscapital.com, mh at charmoscapital.us. That's it. Cool, Shoot man. me an email, whatever. Well, hey, man, it was amazing having you on. I learned a lot. Should have took more notes, but I took a lot of mental notes. (laughs) You got the podcast to look at. We'll have Seth and Gabriel on hopefully hopefully soon. Yeah, that sounds good. Anytime. Absolutely. Thank you again. Thanks, man. Appreciate it.